I always chime in. I always have an opinion. But but really? I'm not. But my juices are not flowing on roadmaps. So so you'll have to you'll have to be the juicy one. <laughs> no. I mean, all right, do you have enough? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. Okay, okay, oh, 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 oh. Trying to be more no nonsense at this point. Have you ever thought, Josh, what it's like to be inside my head? It's a scary play. Episode 190. Can you believe it? We're almost to 200. What are we talking about? Roadmaps. You love them. You hate them. Either way, you need them. Listen to this episode and you'll find that they are amazing tools when used correctly. Let's dig in. Today's topic is roadmaps. Roadmaps. Right. So imagine you are working on a product and there's a desire to know where you're going. So let's say the next 12 to 18 months, you wouldn't have a view of what you think you're going to do. Have you ever had that? Have you ever thought that was a value? Me? When, yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, you're reading my facial expressions, right? And, yeah. And I was like 12 to 18 months. I'm like, are you high? You know, I mean, we can't predict, I can't predict when I'm going to go to the bathroom the next time, let right. alone like what a roadmap is, right? So, so I'm, just duration. I think it would be good for us to define yeah. some aspects, like some baseline aspects, like du- duration comes to mind. And I expect this topic to create some uncomfortable feelings for our listeners, mostly because I'm going to assume at some point in your life, there has been something that looked like a roadmap where you were forecasting out what you think you're going to build in the next however many months. And maybe like someone took a screenshot of it and saved it. And then some number of months later, pulled that up and hung that over your head and said, nine months ago, you told me this was going to happen on this date. And it didn't. Well, we're just Why of, did you? We're, we're sort of jumping to like, and it's it's good. It's like bad things, right. right? Roadmaps are bad. One of the bad aspects of roadmaps. It's actually one of one of the reasons people. I think, like I used to avoid it like the plague, mm-hmm. or I would do roadmaps that were so high level, mm-hmm. right, and so ambiguous, right, that no one would ever commit to anything, right? Like in PowerPoint, mm-hmm. you just have colored bars and things like that, and big hunk and letters, yeah. Or something, because I didn't want anyone to to take it too seriously. I mean, it was thoughtful, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like right. don't commit to a customer right. based on this freaking roadmap. And the reason I did that is because I was scarred so many times yeah. from people reading, interpreting, salespeople, leaders, etc. Right. And, it, and it, it became blood oath commitments. Right. And so my goal with this is that we've been there. We understand. I'd like to share some of the things we've done to make it feel comfortable to create and share those. And then I also, like, I also want to talk about why there's value. Like, why should you do it? 
if it feels like there's nothing good coming out of it, then like lean would say no value, don't a lot of work, right. don't, don't do it. Yeah. So why, why even do it? I think that's a topic. And the reason I wanted to put all of the challenges out front is because I know everybody's been through that. And so I'm hopeful that in the next half hour, however long we choose to talk about this, that you see that there is value for you and your team and there is value for it to be shared across your company if handled right. Now, handling it right is hard. Without a doubt, I recognize right. that. Could we use the term, and I should have done like looking out or duration, it's a forecast. Mm-hmm. And the word forecast is not fixed. Right. right? You are forecasting a possible future. Mm-hmm. Weather folks do this all the time. Right. And like hurricanes, and the further out you forecast, you know that cone of uncertainty with yep. hurricanes. So... One of the things maybe to do, it has value, I think, uh, in that you're visualizing the possible future. Mm-hmm. I, I I actually think you have to, uh, I'm going to see how you respond. Yeah. I think as an organization or as a leader, to your senior leaders, to your, to your board, to stockholders, you have to say something. Mm-hmm. You have to forecast something. Otherwise, I mean, they just need to know where you're going. Yeah. I actually think the most important people to know and understand it are the teams. I wasn't. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. It's nice for the board and executives to know that, so they feel like, "Hey, we're going in a direction." Yeah. But the confidence and clarity a frequently forecasted roadmap provides to the team is okay. Here's where we're going. That means I shouldn't pan ourselves into a corner by building this thing this way because this is coming down the pike. Now, we don't know we're going to do it, but it's out there, so let's not make some bad choices. So when you're armed with that additional info, it enables the team to build better products. Well, they're looking ahead. They know where – I mean, and and it's not just telling them they're they're collaborating on the roadmap, Mm -hmm. right? So it's this 360 collaboration, but they're – they're guiding it. You're co-creating, hopefully. Yep. You're co-creating the vision of the future. And that has value to a team and has value to the business. Right. I've always felt that roadmaps, I mean, that's one of the value propositions. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're hiring someone, I always... Absolutely. Like people have asked me, there's been times in my career where I haven't really had a good vision or I've worked for you know leaders in a company who change their vision all the time, right. and someone in an interview says, you know, what's the future look like? I didn't mm-hmm. have an answer, right? And I felt like shit. I was like, I mean, personally, I was like, I should have, you know, I'm interviewing someone. I should be able to paint like a three to six month view minimally, right? To what does that look like? And I couldn't, or or I couldn't, I couldn't even have a hand waving around right. it. And that's that's a forecasting road mapping problem, right? So I, that's the value. I think yeah. part of it is vision, mission, vision, connecting the dots, getting everyone on board. Uh, forget the team building. What about morale? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to my interview. What about like, like, I don't know if it's just a roadmap. If I said compelling roadmap. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like something that got your juices flowing roadmap rather than like a bug fix. Like if you're coming in as a developer on my team and I yeah. I have like, we have a thousand bugs, Josh, and I wrote map them out for you. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to get you excited. You're going to stay home. Yeah. You're going to quit. Yeah. I'm going to lose you. to, to another. Well, and so it's a journey and think about you're getting in the car and you say, Hey mom, dad, where are we going? You say, we're going to Disney world. Now that's yes. compelling. Yes. Yeah. And we don't know how, we don't know exactly when we're going to arrive. We don't know what rides we're going to go on. Right. But damn it. 
Right. We're going to Disney. We're not going to like like the alligator swamp. Yeah, land. like we're not going to crazy Uncle Bob G. Yeah, hey, Bobby G's. Bobby G's alligator farm. <laughs> yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> like, oh no, I lost an arm last time I went there. Exactly. <laughs> that that I like that vision though. But, I mean, that's the thing. Think about, as a child, road trips. And there were road trips that you're like, oh, no. Like, we're going to drive and we're going to go here and it's not going to be fun. Or, oh, we're going here and I'm excited. So it is a tool to, again, because you're going on a journey with your team. And is it compelling? Is it exciting? And and everything's better when all those words are, are true. The other thing where I think there's tremendous value is if you go back to the weather or the storms, we live in North Carolina. There's a fair amount of hurricanes, a fair amount of storms. And I'm guessing that when that's happening, you tune into the news station that most frequently updates the forecast and tells you, hey, this is this is where we think it's going to go now. There's some new information it's it's going this way, so you're safe. Or oh, there's some new information. Are you riding this metaphor? I am. You're like heavy. You're like heavy on this yeah. metaphor. Yeah. But, but it's a good one. It's not just frequent. So it's accuracy. Yeah. And it's frequency and and sort of connecting the dots. So I'm I'm looking for, and not all of the channels are mm-hmm. the same. So I find one that that really paints a picture. They're right. paying attention to like market. They're paying attention like the hurricane hunters go over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So some people ignore that data or they only roll it up once a day and some yeah. people roll it up in real time. Right. So 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 it's part of that as well. I like that I like the metaphor. It matters. Yeah. Right. It, knowing where you're going matters. Well, and the reason why I talked about the frequency is I find most people get into those trouble spots we talked about at the top of the episode when they only update the roadmap like once a year or maybe twice a year yep. or three times a year. So everybody's doing the best with it, with what they've got, with what you've given them. Like, hey, you gave them something and you have new information. You haven't updated the forecast. So it's like, hey, it's 4 a.m. We're going to give you the forecast where the hurricane's going. Good yeah. luck. The other part of it, though, is the receivers need to know. We use the word forecast. Yeah. They need to know that it's volatile and it can change. Mm-hmm. Like like hurricanes. I was tracking yeah. hurricanes this past hur not tracking, but listening right. to hurricanes. And they were gonna go, you know, three days out, they're gonna hit New Orleans. But then it would go it, it went towards Texas mm-hmm. or it went east in, in a matter of a few days. So but you expect that. The people aren't fixed and saying, Oh, it's going to hit New Orleans. Right. So part of the free you have to update it, but your customers, what I'm trying to say is the receivers of the forecast need to know that the dynamics yeah. of it are going to change. And and that's on you. So that's one of the things that I want to talk about here for folks is own that messaging when you create and share your roadmap. Don't just throw it out there and allow it to be interpreted Share it with them. Explain to them how this can be used, how it should be used. And I guarantee somebody will misuse it. So then it's incumbent upon you to like have that dis- that discussion of like, listen, I think you misunderstood what this roadmap means. So let yep. me re-explain to you yep. how you should use this. And yep. I'm going to trust you to use it well. And things I've said to people before is if you prove that we can't trust you with this information – then we're not going to share it with you. Yep. So I'm counting on you to be able to handle this very 
useful, very powerful, but potentially dangerous info for good. Well, there's a professionalism aspect. Right. Like we're all on the same... Very often, I I think, organizations, you have this adversarial Mm -hmm. relationship, like sales to technology, to development. I sell, you need to commit. I throw an expectation over the wall to you. Oh, I already commit to my customer. Well, shame on you. Right. Right. If you did that, we're on the same team. You can't just make that mistake and then hold me accountable for that. Right. And a lot of, so it's this like, I, I don't know, professional accountability, professionalism, understanding we're all in the same team mindset. Right. That has to be sort of, to your point, communicated. And that won't just happen. So you as the person creating the roadmap, sharing the roadmap, you have to have that discussion early and often. Otherwise, how will they know not to do that? Right. And so that's where you build that real teamwork of like, okay, cool. I want to give you, Mr. or Mrs. Sales Leader, more information. But this is like a very sharp knife. Yeah. It can do great things and can yep. do terrible things. So let's talk about how we use this the best way for you to share with your team, all of those things. Don't don't just create a roadmap and assume everybody knows what to do with it. Right. That's a common mistake I see is people like, hey, we have a roadmap, and then they assume the other 500 people that are part of the organization know what to do with it. And so then it gets off the rails, and then people get mad, and they don't, they well, don't explain manage it. Explain the dynamics. Yeah. I mean, I think we're intentional, Metacasters, with this, the hurricane Example, there's this thing called the cone of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You, you all can Google cone of uncertainty. Steve McConnell is a an experienced estimator and project planner out of Seattle. He has a company called Constructs, and he's he's talked about it. A lot of people have talked about it. It's been around pre-agile, so it's this notion that early on you have less information. There's going to be so the cone of uncertainty is there's variability, right? If we're trying to predict something, mm-hmm. how many how when are we going to land 10 features? When we just start those features, it could be a week or it could be a year. Mm-hmm. But as we move forward in time and get more information, the cone of uncertainty, just like where is the hurricane going to land, as we get closer and closer, we have more data. Right. That's forecasting. So that same metaphor is is very is very relevant for I think software projects. Right. McConnell talked about that. Now, what we we like to think that forecasts are fixed, they're not. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we, you and I, as technology leaders, we have a responsibility to do the sampling, right, and the communication and outward. But the receivers of it have to have to also know right. that there's this variability. It's not a fixed date, so mm-hmm. they have to manage according to that. So I think that model is very – I don't know if you've used that model. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, ranges, it, whenever you commit to ranges. I don't know, right? I'm going to mow your lawn here, Josh. Right. I've never mowed your lawn. It could be – and I'm old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a hand mower. So so it could be anywhere from you know an hour to a day to right. eight hours. I don't know. Let me try – now, as I mow half your lawn – and it took me an hour. I'm like, ah, it's a maybe it's a two right. hour job. I'm old. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to drink a beer. It's two and a half hours. But that's I need pro, I need experience. Right. I need to go down the forecast for that. Right. And another stumbling block that I see for many teams is sampling. Was the term that you used? Is they don't actually sample. They just keep like blindly doing sprints and not actually spending time on like, okay, cool. How does this information 
affect the forecast that we've created. Rel- and where are we relative to our forecast right. and what adjustment? I, right. I, and, I, and so now I should use this to reforecast. Exactly. So what I've found is you need to create a cadence of reforecasting your roadmap probably more often than you think. Yeah. And I, that, and that helps in a million directions. One, you'll start to feel more confident about it because you use that additional information to refine it. Yep. So now you feel confident. You're more comfortable sharing. The team has more clarity of everything that's happening. You start sharing it more broadly outside the organization. Everybody has awareness of what's coming. All of the good things can happen there. But that, again, the thing that gets me frustrated about roadmaps is kind of like when Agile fails and people blame Agile, but they like did Agile wrong or didn't actually right. do Agile. Agile's the problem. Roadmaps aren't the problem. No. It's how you implement them or never update them. Oh, or communicate around them, yeah. all of that stuff. How do you understand them? How do you interpret them? I, I, would, I would agree with that. I have a weird idea to bounce off of you. I haven't done this intentionally. I've sort of done this over the years. You know, these people that are receiving the roadmap and they, mm-hmm. and they interpret it badly. Yeah. Right. Which means they think it's fixed. Right. I've done an experiment in the past where I've like hosed them, right? It's, it's, I've like let them discover. So this notion that it's, you're getting clarity over time and they misinterpreted that. And they were, they were bad agents. They Mm -hmm. were bad, bad professionals. Mm -hmm. And they went out there and looked at the roadmap and they sold something. And I literally would like, let them make that mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, where you you might sit down, correct them, et cetera. I'm like, and it's not my problem. Right. A lot of times we own, and I'm like, why did you do that? It's a forecast. So sort of running the experiment so the organization can learn. Do you, yeah. do you let, I think part of roadmapping, I'm not explaining it right. No, I, I, I get what you're saying because, again, I guarantee if you have a 500-person company, there's probably about 10 people that really know how to understand and use a roadmap well because it's right. been mishandled so many times. So you are going to go out there, you're going to explain, you're going to do all the things, you're going to have all these meetings, you're going to feel great. And then two weeks later, somebody's going to screw it up. And and you've done your best and, and they didn't learn or mm-hmm. some people learn, but there's another way of learning and have someone screw the pooch right. by misinterpreting and hold them accountable. Yep. It's like, no, and they're, they're like frantic. I communicated the roadmap. Okay. Why did you do that? That's right. not my, what is it? Just because you made a huge mistake, that, yeah. doesn't make, that doesn't mean that I have to, that we have to suck it up and work 24 hour days to, no. Right. What, you have to go out and re, re-communicate to the client? What? Yeah. <laughs> learn. Yeah. All right. We learn, you learn. I, I've, I've seen that actually be, into, you know, you're almost obstinate about it, not mm-hmm. all the time, but forcing the organization to understand that. Have you ever, you've, it sounds like. Yeah, without a doubt. I, there, there was a VP I work with that I distinctly remember a moment in a very important meeting where she was frantically searching through an email. And it turns out there was an email that I had sent like a year prior to that, where I forecasted that we would have something done. <laughs> by this date. And, and I was just like, listen, that's, you're misusing the information. And so that's the conversation that I had. Exactly. If you can't use this information for good and as it's intended, then I won't share it with you. I'll share it with everybody else. Right. But you've proven you're incapable of using this for what it's intended. It's not my bad. Right. Right. We're, and we're not perfect, but right. So I think there's this yin and yang or this sort of negotiation dialogue 
around like the roadmaps are the centerpiece. I actually think they should be on the walls in organizations. Mm-hmm. They, you know, everyone, the team, the janitor, yeah. <laughs> the CEO, they should all see it. It should be in real time, et cetera. But there's a dynamic around that you have to mature. Yeah. One thing where I think a lot of people get hung up that I'd like to talk about, because you hit it pretty early, is the fidelity of it. And I find value in having roadmaps being relatively low fidelity and not like Gantt charts down to the day. It's I am always talking in quarter chunks. So fidelity equal granularity. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, There's the higher the level, it gives you wiggle room, Mm -hmm. right? I, I I actually think it's wasteful to like be managing like yeah, at a task a roadmap. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So what you're calling a roadmap at a task level, yeah, and you're tracking like you know task evolution. It's it could take you know a bunch of people all their time just to do that. Yeah. So typically, as I look at most roadmaps that I view as healthy, it's broken down in quarter chunks, and there's max four items in each quarter, relatively chunky again. So you aren't trying to break it down into the, so the I've seen a little of all bit things. like roll up across teams. I've seen when you were saying that yeah, per, per team, you know, a saying, handful of things. I was thinking like five to 10 things sure. yeah. for a release train, yeah. multiple teams per quarter, something like that in priority order. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not, I'm, I'm seeing how you react to this. I, I want to see the number one thing yep. to the number 10 thing. Yeah. If we start if we start falling behind, I want to see us jettison number right. ten yep. as opposed to number one, and I want to see how we're getting things completed. Mm-hmm. So the roadmap is, you know, if we're halfway through the quarter, have we, you know, is is number one complete? So like tracking percent complete, right? Not tasks, right. but like you know, I I don't know. It's it's half we're halfway there, mm-hmm. and we're halfway through the release train, or we're halfway. Through yeah, the just board. pay attention to the darn thing. I that's where most people. It's like, hey, we create a roadmap, and it goes and sits in a corner, and they don't, they don't, and you don't. So then, why why are you doing it at all? Welcome to our diversity and inclusion minutes. I'm Josh Anderson. I'm Bob Galen. I have been devoid. Of topics devoid is that devoid. a word or just void? I know. I think dev- I feel like if I think devoid, devoid as it applies to you is, <laughs> is appropriately. So go ahead. It feels like devoid means you're void of void. So you're anyway. You're a black. So, so you're a black hole. Yeah, something. Something. Something's been missing for the past couple of episodes where I haven't had much to talk about here. Are you and stepping up to I, the plate? I am stepping up. So one of the things that I'm passionate about is I came from a family of teachers. The number of teachers that are in my very close family, you can count on more than one hand. So that's like, a lot like, of teachers. Yeah, that's a lot of teachers. So I'm just kind of always pat I am not meant out to be a teacher, but one of the things I'm passionate about is like helping kids find and see who they are and what they can be. And I had the luck of stumbling into helping a school in very rural North Carolina that was 99% economically challenged and very diverse community. And that was fantastic. The leadership changed at that school. So I lost my connection there. I've since reached out to them and reached out to others that are like them because I've found great personal joy, I guess, in going and helping those kids understand what 
can happen, what can be done when that's not real prevalent in the world that they live in. So to be able to say, these are the things you can do, here's how you do it, and then spend a couple hours and coach and help and support along the way and see some young person's eyes light up and get excited and find a direction and say, oh, that's really cool. I want to go do that. And then watch out world because they're fired up and running in a great direction. So there's a couple schools I'm talking to because, yes, we often talk about the metropolis of Fuquay Verena. Which is, is this the big city? <laughs> yeah. yeah Relative, this is, relatively. This is the big city, but much of the area that we live in isn't that. So that's that's where my passion is, and I believe it can have a pretty pretty impactful difference for some of those kids. So I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm School is kind of weird these days because of COVID, um, yep. but everyone's comfortable with Zoom, so the capability for me to like Zoom into a class yep. is yep. pretty darn cool. So um, I'm fired up about that, and I hope to have more in the not-too-distant future for Fantastic. everyone. Fantastic. That's a nice sort of pause. Metacasters, I want to note, you can't, I wish we were visual, but not only could you hear the excitement in Josh, but his, I was paying attention to his body language and you could see the joy, his smile. He even smiled more than when we were doing the Metacast. So, so, so that means that I'm like lower, but no, I'm just saying you can tell that he's really energized about helping and the joy of that. And I, I, I like applaud that. Thank That's you, very cool. All right. Can we get back to the episode? Back to the episode. So Scrum of Scrums, I remember at I contact we we had a we had a really high level really you know, roadmap after after PI planning, after mm-hmm. quarterly release planning. And we would burn down sprint by sprint across the teams, we would burn down like the top the 10 things right or the five things yep and we had little mini burn downs and we were getting this visualization of how are we tracking mm-hmm. to our goal so i i think that's the report out on the roadmap yeah. sort of thing is where are we yeah where are we relative not yeah. it's not tasks it's not points it wasn't hours but it was across you know 15 teams how are we progressing to our roadmap goals yeah and do we need to make do we need to jettison number yep. 10 right now like get it out of here because it's diluting our attention or do we need to cut, renew the cut line. Right. And the sooner we tell people that the easier it is for us to negotiate with clients and things. Right. So I, we, we just baked it into sprint review and sprint planning Yeah. of like, okay, cool. Like where are we? Let's update the forecast yep. for like this yep. quarter yep. that we're on. And so then the next level thing that we did was we would update our annual forecast on a monthly basis. Yep. So we would get a subset of the team's, Together and it's like, okay, cool. Based on what we learned with how we're doing now and what we've learned about the things that we know are coming, because the beauty of knowing what's coming is you actually start to think about those things and start to do the pre-work so that when it's time to build that thing, you have clarity and confidence to make that a reality. So you're learning about what you're building right now, but you also should be spending time prepping, planning, Absolutely. doing the work Absolutely. to get ready to build but the stuff that that's coming in the future. Stuff, right. right? Like yeah. Technical look ahead, architectural right. look ahead, UX look ahead. And and just like folks, they don't plan, you know, they're they're not aware of their progress or lack thereof. They're not aware of like, are we effectively looking ahead enough yeah. or not, right? And until it, it, it catches them. What do you say to people though? I mean, I'm bullish on it at doing it at the right level in the way we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
But have you ever heard someone say, that's not agile, like planning ahead? I mean, I've heard this ad nauseum from people. Yes, yes, because... The pushback that forecast agile is emergent. Mm -hmm. It's not a planning activity. Right. So if you treat your roadmaps as emergent, then yes. And if you are comfortable with things being less clear further out, then yes, that is emergent. The issue is that many roadmaps are the way many people have done them is you're basically creating a waterfall plan. And then now you have this project plan and this giant Gantt chart. And because you don't update it, you don't reforecast it. It doesn't change. It's static. And then that's when all hell breaks loose and everybody goes through pain and suffering. See, I was seeding you for another answer, but I like your answer. I was going to say tough. It is agile. So I'm I'm coming to the point of, I don't think agile, like not forecasting, not knowing where the hell you're going. I'm going to yeah, say, that is definitely not agile. I don't know if that's agile. No. Right? We're emergent. Yeah. What does that mean? We're going to figure it out as we go. Yeah. And, until, and, you know, we're in trouble when it slaps us in the face and we're doing fine when shit happens. Right. And that's agile. Right. And I'm like, no. So I, I think... That, I, I, I argue that's very wasteful. Yeah. So if you stop and look at... All of the waste you're putting yourself and the team through by constantly going, by constantly being on your heels and discovering things. So I, a term I often use is the fog. So you you are living you your do, life. You do. Use I the love fog. it. Right, because if you live like that, you are spending your entire life in very dense, very thick fog. You're going to run into trees. You're going to trip. You're going to who knows. A zombie's going to come out of nowhere, and you're not going to know it. There was a movie, like a horror movie about yeah. the fog, yeah. a main town. What wasn't? There? I don't know. I didn't watch it because I don't like. I because I get scared, right? Right. <laughs> and it would and it would descend, and yeah. then things would come out of the fog and yeah. and grab people and right. stuff like that. So what what I always say to teams is your quarterly planning, your annual horizons, all those things, it is incumbent upon you to start clearing the fog. Yeah, you need to clear all the fog. But make sure you're not going to like stub your toe Absolutely. or trip over something or like bonk your head into a tree. That takes effort and energy and you have to be intentional about it. It's not going to just happen. No. You have to go do the work, start looking forward, start working together, start talking with your peers to figure that out and start to clear the fog. DevOps implications, production implications. Yeah. And, and you nailed it. You said it's wasteful and it is. Right. And it, you're, you're always going to have some waste, right? Meaning we have discovery and we have to change gears. But when you're not doing any forecasting whatsoever, when you're just emerging everything, mm-hmm. you're generating, teams are generating just way too much waste, yep. right? And, and and a lot of wasted time, yep. which is affecting the, the people, the, the very people who are talking about agility. It's effect, I mean, it's affecting their work balance. It's yep. affecting them. I think, how do we do on this topic? I feel pretty good. Anything we missed? I'm sure our listeners will tell us, and I'm sure that when you realize that we missed something, you will log into our Discord server because you've already joined it. And link is below in the show notes. And you're going to drop notes in there and say, Bob, Josh, you totally missed this thing about roadmaps. Let's discuss. And then what's going to happen? I'll respond. Bob will respond your peers will respond and say, oh, yeah, actually, here's this is what I think. So if we miss something, tell us. Tell us in Discord. Cool. Oh, stick a fork in it? You, well, actually, I want to say something. Oh, no. So last time we talked about I'm our listeners. Cl- I'm getting close to my mind. I know. Talk about our listeners helping us. 
signing up through Patreon, leaving reviews on and whatever tool Did something that you use happen, John? Yes. We, 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 we had people sign up for Patreon at the highest level that we've ever had before. That was really exciting to know that people value the work that we're doing. And they now get all these special little bonuses like, hey, like one-on-one VIP chats with Bob and Josh. So that's a thing. Did you know people can do that? Did you know? No. You can get what one-on-one does Patreon chats get with some. What is that? Is that like funds? Is it that... does. And it helps us do things like this, like the video Bob and I just recorded we this just morning. We just recorded like the, all the, the, the new yeah, equipment yeah. in, the, in the, the lights in our studio bought. here? Yeah, in our studio, a.k.a. Josh's office. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you you guys are the ones that help us do more. So, so thank you. Absolutely. Thank you to those who've done that and a little bit of a challenge to those who haven't. Yes. Support us. Yeah. If you like, if we are providing value to you, throw us something. Yeah. yeah. And we'll keep creating more. And we'll create we'll we'll create more. Does this mean that we have to talk to someone? Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to that. All right. All right. So, for beautiful downtown Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. I don't know, let me do that again. From beautiful downtown Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. Oh, I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake and bake. Take care, y'all.